My guest today, Gary Danoff, is a global leader at Google with a very diverse team and an executive coach who works with people from different nationalities around the world. He is known for leading across generations with empathy, clear objectives, humor, and humanity. And he's here to tell us how he does it. Gary always inspires me. I'm glad you're here to listen in. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real-life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results. And you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I am so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Gary, you're a leader of leaders, a leader of alliances. You're an executive coach. So there were a lot of different leadership topics you and I could have talked about on this podcast episode. For sure. You you suggested that we talk about age diversity in the workplace Mm -hmm. and on a team. Why did you want to talk about age diversity, Gary? I'm so fascinated by the fact that there are at least four different generations in the workforce today. Uh, I know that's true in America, and I'm sure that it's true in EMEA and APAC and um, Latin America as well. And it just presents such a great opportunity for learning from one another, but it's also fraught with challenges and fears. And so the opposite ends of those two things, opportunity and fear, are so intriguing to me and how we work our way through those. Uh, so that, that's why I thought it'd be a great topic for us to just kind of explore and bat around some today. And I've got some ideas to share with you about it. Excellent. Why is it important? Let, you know, let's say we've got a leader of a team. We've got eight to 12 people uh, on this team. Why is it important for that leader to look at age diversity in their group? Yeah, that's really where it starts is with that leader to set the tone for the rest of the team. If you've got, you know, 15 people, three people who are a couple from a baby boomer generation, a couple from a Gen X, a couple from a millennial generation, a couple from Gen Z generation. And by the way, those four generations, we're all together in the workplace now. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, numbers as to how many there are. There's like 72 million baby boomers and uh, 71.6 and 72 million millennials. And there's a lot of folks in different generations. And so the, the reason it's important to become aware of and sensitized to our differences, which are formed by what we grew up with. Yeah. We, we should back up for a second and maybe just explore what a generation is. You know, sure. What does that word mean? 
So to me, what it means, and from the research that I've done, a generation is a period of time, which is about 20 years, where people who in that 20-year period, kind of starting when they're like eight or nine years old to when they're like in their early 20s, things around food, politics, Mm -hmm. entertainment, uh, art, um, adventure, space exploration, you know, world events, all the things that shape our experience and our taste of life that we experience as that group moving through that 20 year period, that's kind of what, what affects the psyche of our generation. So like I'm an early baby boomer, kind of a little bit closer to the Gen X side and, mm-hmm. you know, Woodstock and rock and roll and music of the seventies and disco, whereas Gen X is probably shaped by the shuttle disaster and being latchkey kids and millennials, are, you know, kind of, were, they never had to, to look at anything but an iPhone, you know, because yes. that's what was, in, you know, kind of a marker for their generation. So because we have these experiences that shape our generation, it's important to understand what the differences are, because there's so much to unlock with each other when we can understand what people are showing up with in their experience set at work. And that's why I think it's important to focus on or think about. Excellent. Gary, I love that you're talking about food, politics, (laughs) um, popular events. I mean, so many people think about generational differences and they're like, we all grew up in a different stage of technology. Right. It will, and and will over, over simplify or over index on technology differences yes um how important are the technology differences you work at google (laughs) (laughs) well let's see so i was reading an article in the verge recently called file not found i love this article file not found file not found okay like the okay the error message right got it an error message, exactly, but there's a whole other interpretation to file not found. And I'm going to wrap this into your question about, you know, why is technology important? But the gist of that article was, is that there's a generation of people who were in elementary school and grew up with the iPhone around 2007, and, and they grew up with Google search. So they're used to, they're used to searching for things on the phone. My son, who's a millennial, I mean, his Google Foo, as I call it, Foo as an ability like Kung Fu, is leagues ahead of mine. And he's taught me so much. Whereas for myself, when I was their age, what I grew up with was something called the card catalog or something called a dictionary or this really funky, weird machine that was kind of like a movie projector called a microfiche machine. You know, and and these things, like they're probably in the Smithsonian Museum. (laughs) So because of that, um, professors teaching kids today or younger people today um, have a different way that they look at technology and more importantly, how they organize information in their mind Mm -hmm. and on paper or in computers. They're used to nested file structures, whereas many people today don't even think about that sort of logic because they can just hit the search button. So that was one of the key points in that article in The Verge. People should look it up if they're interested. It's called File Not Found. Now, it, it speaks to the technology difference. And really, I, I think the technology difference can create a fear 
in different generations. And, and that's the thing that we have to address. Kind of what we don't know, what we know, what we're not familiar with and what we're not comfortable with. And it goes both ways. It really does go both ways. Like millennials can be uncomfortable with what boomers know or how we do things and certainly vice versa. And I can tell you a story, a couple stories about that from having led a multi-generational team at Google. I want to hear those stories. Uh, first, Gary, let me tell listeners a little bit more about who you are. Oh, okay. Gary Danoff is an advisor, executive coach, content creator, and he's the global leader of alliances for Google Workspace at Google. Gary loves working with people in leadership and contributor roles, regardless of their title. What matters most to Gary is the curiosity they have to overcome obstacles, create new paths for themselves and their organizations, and to do so while employing a mix of humor, determination, and with an open heart or desire to create work they love and that others love. As an executive coach, Gary serves founders, entrepreneurs, executives, and those around them. With a focus on improving human connection in a digital world, Gary is the executive producer and host of What's Next Now podcast show. Guests on his show share their stories of blending business goals, public interest, personal passion, and their best human strengths to create positive outcomes for themselves, citizens, customers, and the employees they serve. The show focuses on creating executive presence, mentoring others, and building career mobility in a multi-generational mobile workforce. We'll make sure the link to What's Next Now is in the show notes. And thanks for being here today, Gary. It's just great hanging out with you, Amy. I, I love uh, how we built our relationship and um, happy to spend time with you and, and your listeners and viewers today. Excellent. Honored to have you here. I feel the same. Thank you. Thank you so much. Share with what with us one of those stories you referenced. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like it's a privilege to work at Google. It's such a fascinating company with endless exploration, challenge, um, and opportunity. And I mean, that's I could drop the mic on that statement <laughs> as to how I feel about working at Google because um, it, it just is all of those things for me. And, and one of the chapters that I've had there is leading a global team um, for Google Workspace um, during the pandemic. And, and, and my team consisted of people who were across generations, a couple of millennials, a couple of Gen Xers, um, myself an early boomer. So we kind of had, you know, we kind of touched the three largest ones in the workforce today. Okay. And I learned so much by having that opportunity. Um, I learned from the millennials that they, want information quickly. They like less structure. Um, they want quick availability to me and access to me. They want rapid um, response around how they're doing. They want what I call in the moment coaching or, or reactions to things. Uh, you know, Chip Conway's uh, work on reaction being a better word than feedback or observation being a better word than feedback. And so those were great opportunities for me to better understand how to be more effective as a leader with that cadre on my team. 
And then it was a little bit different for the Gen Xers in terms of uh, them having kind of a different work ethic, hours that they wanted to work. That was a little bit closer to how I was. But what, so, so that, that would alone have been just an interesting little experiment and tremendous learning opportunity for myself. Yeah. Now, layer on top of that, the frighteningly weird and, and, and hard and sometimes heartbreaking world of the pandemic the last couple of years, and it, it added just a whole other dimension to it. But uh, mm-hmm. that's the circumstance which I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. So, Gary, you learned that millennials want information quickly, or at least those on your team, right? Wanted information quickly. They wanted a rapid response. Is primed and ready for in-the-moment coaching. How, you'll say there's a leader listening, they're early boomer, or they're a, a Gen X leader. So, you know, we, we have our perspectives. We just have ingrained in us what we think people need and want and prefer. Now, obviously, we can find out by trial and error over time, any streamed line techniques, approaches, like how do we find out what the different generations we're working with want and need? It's really simple. It's really very simple. And and this is what I, when I advise and coach people, I help them bring these strengths out that I'm about to to tell you about. And that is curiosity is is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, I'm going to use the L word here. Um, and that word, Amy, is love. And I think you have to love, you have to love being a leader. And you've, you really have to love people. Um, and, and actually, I'm going to go a step further and be even more vulnerable and say, you have to love the people you're leading. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I don't mean you're in love with them in a romantic way. But I mean, you I believe you have to be um, a heartful leader in, in how you show up for your people. And, and that spans all the generations. So I'll just kind of say that as a foundational statement. And, and I work with people to help them do that because not everybody's comfortable with it or knows how to do it. And, and that's okay. That's okay. It's a, it's a great thing to, to kind of move into. Um, so now in terms of specifically, you know, if you listen and you love, then you can figure out what people want from you and how you show up for them. Uh, and that's kind of, kind of it. I mean, that's what I do. So curiosity, listening and loving. Um, and I have one of my podcast episodes is called teaching sales to third graders. And I think the acronym I have there is like, listen, learn, and persuade, you know, that break selling down into those three things. And in a way, in a way, being a leader also involves those things. So uh, those, that's how I work with folks and recommend it. it yes, I, I love these words, curiosity, love, and listening. I'm just, we ask questions, right? <laughs> what, what do you prefer? And from the lens of 
I'm going to love what you have to say, right? I, like, I'm going to love that you have a different perspective or way of looking at this or yeah. way of working or approach and whatever that is, there's going to be value inherent in that there's going to be, I'm bringing my curiosity. So there's going to be ways that I can learn from that. Well, it's yeah. so much more. I feel it in a different way. Gary, I hear lots of people talk about, we need curiosity, come at it from curiosity. Right. But when you bring the love with it, I'm, I'm hearing that a completely different way. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to know that. You know, it, it took me a while to get there to be able to use the love word in a work mm -hmm. setting. But when I think about my own experience over the last three years, when I when I look around at people, um, I think it's time to, to say that word. But, you know, in a proper context and framework. But nonetheless, I believe to be a really strong and effective leader, that's one of the elements that you lead and that I coach people. And it's certainly not the only one. And it doesn't mean that you are acquiescing or that you're a pushover or that you have no boundaries or structure or certainly goals. Absolutely not. Uh -huh. I mean, tough love is where you set those things um, yeah. and you have to. And, and, and by the way, all generations, doesn't, you know, we, we can throw the word generations out. People actually like to have boundaries um, and frameworks that they can work into and know that they can, can achieve through. So that's part of the, of the love word also. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, I love it. Yeah. And that you said, yeah, it's not just, I love you and I let you do whatever. And I let you walk all over me and the rest of the team and, and whatever. I just got the, the tough love built in there as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Gary, I got to imagine this isn't just about the leader understanding how to interact most effectively with each team member giving given the generation that they represent and any other preferences and perspectives that they have how do we get folks on the team working well together yeah i mean i'm just going to take a breath on that one because that's where <laughs> you know it's one thing if you're the leader and you have positional authority or line reporting authority or even broader designated organizational influence authority. So those are all positions that are workable or more easily workable than you helping other people to work well amongst themselves, creating that environment where they can do that and need to do that. Yeah. Um, there was some interesting research done by Clover Pop that when you had an age range of 25 years, um, from kind of youngest to oldest on a team, that 73% of the time, the expectations for success on whatever project it was uh, that they were working on were exceeded. So that that, that age difference um, helps people. And I thought to myself, well, why is that the case? And how did, how did that happen? Anybody can look it up on, on Clover Pop. So I think the leader has to help point out the differences in a very concrete way to people early on on their team. Sentences like, of course, one never knows and should not know unless in a very restricted um, and appropriate channel, um, kind of people dev, people ops or HR uh, discussion about people's age. We don't know that, but we can make broad statements that might seem 
obvious just from anything that we can pick up on visual cues that, hey, we've got the benefit folks here together of having different generations probably among our team. Let's talk about some of the things that we have in common and some of the things that we might find to be a little bit different one amongst the other. And then there'll be silence. Nobody will want to talk. They're going to be scared. And then the leader should probably say, and I'd like to raise my hand to start, and, and I'm not asking anybody else to do this, but I'm just going to say, I'm a baby boomer, and I'm comfortable with, you know, blah, 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 working hard, setting my own hours, rock and roll and classic rock music, disco, and you never would know it about me, but I like to throw down rhymes and raps. Okay. Now, would somebody else like to throw something up on the board that they're happy with? Uh, or, or familiar with or comfortable with. So just to try and get people talking, it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's not easy and it may not work, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but just airing the topic. And then the, the other thing to do around this, because it's hard work um, that, that a coach can help with, quite frankly, is having conversations with people one-on-one when you see a conflict occur uh, between people. And um, calling that out and just investigating curiosity, um, mm-hmm. kind of what was that about? Yeah, dig in when there's a conflict to create the the understanding. Great. I, this, as the leader, make the broad statement, right? Make the 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 broad um, acknowledgement, observation. Invite people to share from mm. their own perspective mm. and go first. Yeah, there you go. great summary. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. I love that. Thank you for distilling that down to exactly what it is. Yeah, that's a good, if somebody asked for a little note on that, I think what you just said would be the note. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Are you willing yeah. to go first? Yeah, and then, then, then when we see work differences, style differences, different approaches, when we think that might be at the heart of a conflict, have the one-on-one conversation. Don't sweep it under the rug. Let's, let's bring the understanding to the surface. Totally. If I may, I wanted to share one other thing on the topic. Um, it's related to an article I read recently in Harvard Business Review called Harnessing the Power of Age Diversity. And it was written by three authors whose, whose name escaped me, but anybody can look it up, Harnessing the Power of Age Diversity. And it was so insightful to me um, because they, they talked about some of the same things that, that we're talking about. And they talk about taking advantage of the differences and embracing mutual, mutual learning, because without that, what can happen is collaboration will be limited. People can can kind of quickly form, I don't want to say grudges, but opinions that can be unhelpful. Um, This can lead to lower team performance and discrimination. It can spark emotional conflict and employee turnover. So a leader in the world today, I think needs to be aware of generational differences. And I want to expand that, you know, cultural differences, um, ethnic differences, sexual orientation differences. And again, it's such a privilege to work at Google because we, we blend all of that together. We embrace that. You know, we respect the opportunity. We respect the customer 
and we respect each other. And I think, not to sound too Pollyannish, but I think the world could use a little bit more of that today. And so when you summarized a minute ago, it made me think about that article that I found so useful. Okay, great. I love this. Take advantage of the differences. Yeah. So, Gary, once we have one of these leader-led conversations where folks start saying, you know, here's my view, here's what I prefer, here's here's what I what I like, then do we co-create and go into deciding how do we leverage those differences? How do we get there? Well, I think we can. I think we can co-create on a one-on-one with people when we listen and observe what the differences are. And really when we, as leaders and or coaches, might use other instruments to determine people's top five strengths. And there's a number of instruments to do that. I like the via inventory, there's strengths finders, you know, on and on. So in the in the one-on-one sessions that we would have with people or in the meetings with our managers who are, you know, we as managers of managers are in that role, we understand people's strengths and we look to encourage them into activities, objectives, and accountabilities that leverage their strengths. Great example, a, a kind of, this is where I kind of get tired of using the generational labels and I like to talk more about people. So there's an individual on my team who because of their generation was more comfortable and strong in having a structured agenda, um, driving that agenda, bringing people in when they, when they needed to and reporting it out, getting it done on or before time. There's some other people on my team who were more efficient and had strengths in unstructured agenda. Um, let me just go figure it out. I'm not sure that this agenda is going to be what we're going to end up with. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the goalpost you need me to get to? And I'll figure out how to get there. Um, and I'll call you if I need help. Nice. So, you know, directing people in ways that they work best because we've been curious and have wanted to learn about them. And we as leaders, we're, it's incumbent upon us to do that. Then we, we action it back out to people uh, in ways that, they, they can consume best. Yes. Okay. Well, that's another access point, right? Talking about our strengths, right? Yeah. What value we can bring in different kinds of situations. Excellent. Yeah, it's so important. I want to get your opinion on something, Gary, because I know you've been thinking on this and, and, and researching in this arena and having your experiences. Uh, I think this is from, I think it's from that same Clover Pop article you referenced. You shared that with me earlier in life. And there was a statement that I pulled out. Young and old workers have similar career goals, work attitudes, and learning patterns. And I thought, wow, there's, I, I, it just makes me wonder if this labeling is not serving us. Because hmm. it, it makes us assume there must be such drastic differences between the the different generations as we're we're labeling what are your thoughts here 
I agree with you. I, I kind of have been enamored around the generational labeling thing for a while, and now I'm becoming less enamored with it. Okay. I think it's, I think it's useful only really to understand the differences in just people in order to get to the similarities, you know? Okay. Um, it's it, because what, what in my, in my own personal experience, having two sons who are millennials, and now that they're moving into the early phases of their professional careers and lives, respectively, and when I have the privilege and the blessing to spend time with them, I realize, you know what, they're going through really the same motions that I went through at their age. I didn't, that's like not that different. Now, what's happening in their day and time is different, but you know what? They want to provide for themselves and their families. They'd like to grow their career. They'd like to make an impact in the world. They have a different set of things that they have to deal with around global economy, the environment, global impact, the ways people communicate is so much more rapid, you know, but, but really in terms of what they want and not just in America, like in, I feel like in, in many democracies and quasi democracies around the world, people still want many of the same things, virtues, righteousness, justice, freedom, and success. So in that sense, like, do we really need labels? I don't know that we need labels except to understand where we have differences and how we can kind of get unstuck or bridge those differences. And, and that's what they talk about in that article that I referenced earlier. And it's also what I talk about greatly in one of my frameworks called Don't Just Text Connect. So I, I work with people to try and get to a better place around the commonalities instead of the differences. So yeah, I agree with you, Amy. I, I don't know that, I mean, the labels are useful to a point, but the whole objective of having them is to understand differences so that we can narrow those differences in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I think it starts to not serve us when we start to think, gosh, they're a whole different species. You know, like they're so different because I read these articles, you know, that say millennials love this or Gen Z loves this. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is so great to know. And then I pause for a second and I think they want all that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I want too. Hey, that's yeah, not exactly. all that different. But yeah, yeah. It's... enamored with the labeling. What else do you want to tell us, Gary? Because I know you have been looking at this for time, for quite some time. I, I don't know that I want to tell anything else. I think I just like to come back to that generation, you know, differences. There will always be generational differences in the world and in the workforce. Hopefully, we'll just keep going on. I mean, we need generational differences. Like the youngest generation right now are those, they're called Generation Alpha, born after 2012. There's 48 million of those people. And I walk around and I see like little kids, like they're so used. Here's a great example. My nephew was at a store and he did Apple Pay and he tapped his phone to pay pay for whatever he was paying for. Yep. And his son came home and started tapping his wrist, tapping his wrist, you know? So that's what he's seeing growing up. He's used to that. Just like my son grew up with the Apple phone, the devices in the metaverse and the way that the next generation 
will experience human interaction and, and human machine interaction. That's going to be a whole fascinating thing to, uh, to view, but there's still going to be people and human to human communication isn't going to change. And so, yeah, there'll be generational differences, but there'll still be people. And so, and so my final point on that is, is that if they're people, uh, then leading with love and leading by listening and leading with curiosity is, I think, a formula for success. I think it's a formula for success, regardless of the generation, regardless of the generation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As you're talking about the technology changes, Gary, there's this one scene in my head that's that's popping up for me. And uh, my kids are te- our, our kids are teenagers right now and they've walked into the room you know when I've had my earbuds in and I'm on a phone call and I'll and I'll hold my hand up to my face to indicate I'm on the phone right now anyone watching on the website or YouTube can can see the the gesture <laughs> but my kids don't know what this means like I'm holding <laughs> a phone up to my face they never have held a phone up to their face I mean, if anything, they're, you know, they're just shouting towards their, their iPhone. So what is our universal symbol now to say that we're gesture to say, I'm on the phone. (laughs) I I don't know what, I don't know what that is anymore. (laughs) I think it, I think it is, is you, you grab your phone, you hold it up and you just say. I'm just, okay. You just point to that phone. I'm on the phone or you go like this, you go like this. And Point towards you like your ears. <laughs> yes. I'm making this up as I go. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the, the little things that I'm figuring out as I go. Um, yes. But inherent I, but, is that in that was like, I made that mistake. And then I thought, Oh, they're not going to know when I'm, what I'm trying to indicate here. Right. So right, there is right. that piece of asking ourselves, is this translating? Is this coming yes. across? with its intended impact. Yeah, you're so right about that. And absolutely, Amy. And I think we will, I think all of us are gonna continue to experience that with the people who have a different relationship to technology than we have had, even as ours evolves, because mine certainly has. Mm -hmm. And the technology that isn't even born yet, that the generation that comes after generation A that their their successors will have. So we're all going to have the equivalent of that experience of going like this and people looking at us like, wait, what? What? What are you talking about? Right now. (laughs) And then some people are going to say, what is a phone? What do you mean you're on the phone? Are you standing on the phone? What is a phone? Right. Right. At some point that that phrase might not even make any sense. Might not even make any sense. It's, it's, it's all fascinating. Gary, thank you so much. You gave us so much great content to think about. Love coming at it with curiosity, love, and listening. And as a leader leading a team, make the broad acknowledgement statement, invite people to speak from their own perspective and go first. When yeah. there's conflict, dig in with the one-on-one conversations let's let's co-create let's take advantage of differences speaking to strengths is another access point 
Mm-hmm. A lot of great food for thought, Gary. Thank you for being with us and for talking about age diversity. <laughs> oh, what a pleasure, Amy. I think the topic fits so well for, for you as a leader and courage of a leader because doing these things requires courage. So uh, thanks, thanks for having me on to talk about this and uh, look forward to chatting with anybody who wants to talk more about it. Excellent. Thank you, Gary. Thanks, Amy. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.